gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello Culturama listeners and welcome to this exciting extra special episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. And this program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD in Trinidad and Tobago. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. This show salutes all the fathers in Jamaica, the Caribbean and the world, including my father, Mr. Anthony A. Williams. Now, in my studios today, I have fun-filled, laughter, exciting men with me. I have Mr. Kevon Lal from Jamaica. <laughs> I have Mr. Paul Blake from Kingston, Jamaica. And, <laughs> and Deacon Arthur Taylor, also from, also from Jamaica. Hello, hello. <laughs> I almost said Trinidad and Tobago. Have a great oh, Lord. to you, to you, gentlemen, and all the fathers out there. Every day is Mother's Day and Father's Day, but I'm doing this extra special episode for you. So, gentlemen, I'm going to start with Mr. Kevon Lal. Could you tell me about yourself, please, Mr. Lal? Um, actually, about me, I'm a nice person. I like to have a lot of fun. Uh, um. I love to see about my kids real plenty. Love to play with them plenty. And I love to cook plenty in the kitchen. I am a great chef. And outdoor activity. Um, I find myself a lot in that. And I love to plant. And yeah, that's about me. Okay, Deacon Arthur Taylor, you're next on the floor. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I have a husband, of course, for over... 20 odd years now, and um, a father, a father of two biological children, and I have raised two others that um, my wife had two other children before. Hmm. But they would always tell me that I am their dad, so <laughs> I have to always have them included along with my biological children in almost everything that we do. I'm quite busy at church and um, in the classroom teaching, but find enough time to be at home and to just sit back and talk and have fun and always share with my children long time stories, stories of the past about grandparents and about ourselves and the pranks that we did and the, the great time that we had growing up and we try to include them in everything, you know. So we just have that presence, a dad with a presence. Okay, and Mr. Paul Blake, go right ahead. Tell us about you. Who is Paul? That's me, Paul. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I am a minister of religion and I've been in ministry for about uh, 15 years. I'm a counselor, motivational speaker and an author. Married for 13 years, one son, and I, um, I describe myself as somebody who's very passionate about life. 
I believe in what I call abundant living. I believe that I'm here to fulfill a purpose. I believe in changing people's lives. Um, I, um, you know, I'm heavily involved in motivational speaking, especially working with young men. I work with a lot of schools. I work with um, NYS, National Youth Service. I'm doing training and personal development for them. I love gardening. I love mangoes. I'm very, I'm very passionate about mangoes. <laughs> I, I, I love traveling. I love farming. I'm, I'm actually going into farming in, on, on a large scale soon. Um, and I just enjoy waking up every day to life. That's me. Yeah, man. Deacon Arthur Taylor and Mr. Lal are visually impaired men. Now, let me start with you both. First, uh, Kevon, you have two lovely children, Kieran and Anaya. So tell us through the, the moments, the emotional moments, the good times, the bad times, you know, when Asha was first pregnant. Tell us the good well, times, you know. Okay. Well, when the first time she was pregnant, um, and I get to find out, I was really excited. I say, wow, I'm going to be a daddy. And I'm proud to be a father that um, I'm going to feel like the other guys then because I had other guys who was around me who had kids. So, and um, finally, when she made him and he come, I was so happy. I had my baby to play with home and to hug up and to run through the house with. And, to, and well, it, you know, when you now get baby, how does it be? You know, it was emotional. I, I glad I hold him plenty. I... I try not to hold them too hard because, you know, when they're small, they feel like if you hold them, you'll break them. But, you know, <laughs> I get accustomed and, um, yeah, I'm a proud dad now. And then I get a next one, which is a daughter. And, well, hmm, I'm more happy again. So I just have a lot of fun with them. It have, well, you know how kids is. It have times that we, we go and play together. We carry, carry them in the park. We, we do all, a lot of things together. We do, um, I always, I would always be here for them, for sure. It does not go and leave them anywhere at all. And I'm wanting, I, I always want them to grow up and get the education, <clears throat> to go to school and to be whatever it is they want to be in life. I know they are blessed children from God, and I thank the Father so much for them, so much. Amen. They are blessing, Amen. They are blessing in my life and and Asha, and I'm so proud of them. When actually, when if they have to go anywhere. And the house, the houses feel so empty without them. You miss them, you know. It feel like mm -hmm. something missing, you know. No mm -hmm. matter when they hear me to say, um, you know, they have been talking too much and all kind of thing. But I guess when they don't hear, they miss that plenty. And I'm really proud to have them and proud to be a father, you know. And I hope plenty other dads who listening, who have kids, do the same thing too. It's important to be there for your kids, you know. Right. Um, so still with you, Kevin. Um, you are visually impaired, am I correct? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, guys, he did a previous episode with his wife, all the super parents on the show, so you can find it in the list of episodes, you know, about them more. But in the society today now, tell us, you know, how do you function as a visually impaired dad? What, well, how, how do you balance your time? How do you, um... Raise your kids. Well, okay, well, it, it, sometimes it does be a little tough, especially to go and get certain things as a visually impaired person because it's dependent on people's health. But otherwise, um, raising them easy because I spend a lot of time with them. And if I have to take holiday off my work, I will just to make sure that they're comfortable. It does be a little tough when... You have to go to the grocery or maybe go to get certain things with them, you know. Um, even, okay, like a simple game like cricket, you know, the ball might be a little hard to see than decided, you know, but we still we want to have a lot of fun together. And um, actually love spending time with them, you know. They are my kids and I think I adjust myself nice um, to spend time with them and I'll put, I'll put everything else down to see about them, to be there for them, you know? Oh, well said. We're moving right along the line to Deacon Arthur Taylor. You still here with us, Deacon T? 
Yes, I'm right here. Right. Now, Deacon T, tell us, oh, now this is a little different now. We're going to talk about your biological kids. Uh, shout out to Miss Marlene. Hi, Miss Marlene, wherever you are listening to this program. Um, first time, you know, when Marlene got pregnant for you, the moment, the reactions, the, the, the nervousness, speak to the people. Well, <laughs> I was excited. Um, I was looking forward um, for the birth of my you know, child. Um, at the time, we weren't sure whether it was a boy or a girl because we didn't do the kind of ultrasound. But we were yeah, hoping for a boy. A boy. Well, for me, I was hoping for a boy to come, you know. And, of course, I would be there to support her. And if she had to go to the clinic, I would be there, you know. We didn't go to the clinic very regularly, but ensure whatever form of help or assistance you can get, I would be there preparing for the baby and everything. I was so happy because I was totally in charge of myself. Now working, have a full-time job, being able to take care of family. And, you know, so I, I wasn't anxious to say of trouble or fearful of the future to come because I think financially I was able to do that and I just said I'm just going to give to my children the best that I have received because I think that I have received much in life you know and therefore all I can do is give back the best that I have received. Awesome. Now you have uh, step children, child or children sir? Um, but my wife had two children, I said, two, that a, a girl and a boy. Do you find it difficult to get along with your stepchildren or, you know, how do you adopt them? No. Well, As a you love the wife. The Jamaican have a saying that if you love the wife, you must love the, <laughs> the you love the cow, you must love the child. <laughs> You know? <laughs> so, you know, and I believe that, I mean, I love the wife and the children were young. They were young, so they, I embraced them as my own. We went out together to social programs together, um, ensure that they go to school, ensure that they had everything that they need to go to school. I treated them as though they were my own. And of course, their time when they were rude, they will be schooled just the same way. And the children know that they couldn't go, to, go between us. They couldn't go to mommy to get, have their way or come to, to me that I might have a different thing. We always send them back and forth. Have you spoken to mommy? What's the decision? Have you spoken to daddy? You understand? So the children get to understand. Yes. Um, so they, they just couldn't go. They, they understand us. We raise them as a family. So they were pretty much my own. Wow, awesome, Dikanti. Uh, Dikanti, you both are visually impaired, you and Miss Marlene. I'm saying it's an apply. How do you both um, strategize methods of raising your kids as visually impaired couples? All right, well, guess what? Um, now I see nothing, but at first I had some... Um, a little bit more sight because I had visual impairment from birth and therefore I think that we were quite prepared from school. Both of us went to the school for the blind and therefore we were both stimulated there and everything. We had experience. We didn't have the relationship in school long after. <laughs> you know, I would, um, we were quite socialized. We were involved in various activities outside of school and inside of various societies and all those kind of things. So we were quite socialized. Um, going to the market, we would always take, you know, the children along with us. They could learn what it is to, to shop. They would learn to, you know, identify things, pick up things that they like. They learn the roles until eventually we can send them on their own. So whatever we do, we take them with us. I'm going to the bank, I would take them with them with us. So therefore they get to understand the whole thing of banking. You understand? So we go to the supermarket anywhere. They come and they learn 
to understand life and appreciate life. And so they grow the kind of independence and respect. And the kind of love just seeing us agreeing and disagreeing. Wow, this is awesome. We're moving on along to Mr. Paul Blake. You know, he cited. Now, Paul, tell us um, your experience as a father. You know, what are your, what are your findings, you know? <laughs> tell us. I, I, oh, I would moments. describe... I would describe my journey as a father as a learning experience. Um, my my son, I think, has taught me more about myself than probably at any other time in my life. I I, I enjoy being his father, and you know I, I said that against the background you know of my own my own family because uh, my parents got divorced when I was fifteen years old, so I would have grown up in what in a kind of, well, what I call a dysfunctional family because, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a big family yard, which for the most part sometimes really wasn't very nice. And so I, I really had an aversion to, to marriage, to family and all of that. It was not until I, I became a Christian that my whole perspective changed. Before Timothy was born, I had to go through the entire process. I went to, went to the clinic with Raquel. I mean, every visit went to the gynecologist with her. I was in the labor room with her also. Um, I was along for the full ride. And I mean, when Timothy was born, I mean, remember holding him in my hand for the very first time. And one of the things that I said to myself that, you know, I am, I am responsible for this life um, from, from now until I depart this world. And, you know, it, 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 is, it is an awesome responsibility, you know, molding the life of, some, of someone else. And yeah, it gets difficult at times. Um, as, as, as he grows up, you know, he, he goes into a different stage and I have to adjust to each stage that he goes into. And it, it leaves me with something else to learn. Um, has taught me a lot of patience. I mean, I, I have only one, 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 and I can imagine. If my son teaches me patience, I imagine persons who have two, three, and four. But hmm. it, it it has been a journey of patience. Um, you know, when, when I when I do when I do parenting workshops, I, I often tell persons that, you know, if if you are not able to control yourself as a parent, then you will sometimes you will end up abusing your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know you have you, you have to learn that kind of patience. You have to learn how to. You know how to keep your 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 emotions on on the wraps for for their sake, and it has it has been an interesting journey, and so a journey right. that I love I love very much. So true, so true. I agree with you. Yeah, no lie, it's so true. I myself agree. Wow. Um, I know you probably might ask if we ask another question. Uh, there's one thing that I should share, being a visual. Oh, go ahead. That, and go I'm ahead. sure that Kevin, um, that Kevin. Yes. I'm sure you probably have a similar experience. What the beauty of you being a visual impaired dad is you, you get to be very close to your children. Yes. Because, you, because yes. you have to walk with them. You have to hold hands. So you've been yes. holding their hands all the way until they get old enough now, you hold on to them. You know, yes, for them because... to go and move around with you. And yes, if they go true. out... If they go out to a social activity with you, they will run out and go and have fun and they will come back to you and say that they're coming. To you, yes. They that will, is true. always mm-hmm. close to you, you know, no matter what. So that's yeah, one of no the matter what. of holding Be- hands and working together. Yes, even when we go out to shop and all too, you find it will be the same thing. I, No matter what I go and look at, I always hold in my daughter's hand or my son. My, my son is 11 years old. Yes, and I just still go and hold his hand and bring him home from school. Yes, which and which is badly, which is badly lacking in our society. I think in the world today, yeah, people yeah. the children are just walking behind the parents or in front or just going their own way. Parents, you understand, and they expect the children to just follow along. Okay, who is a father, and what are some of the roles slash functions of fathers? But I mean now that. Um, being a minister of religion, you know, and you know, we, especially the Catholics, we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, for me, the Father is the model of the Father, the Creator, 
of the beauty of love, of, 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 of presence, of care, of providing. You just think about how God takes care of us and forgive us even when we error, willing to take us back, willing to listen to us and, and to, willing to sit down with you, you know, not wanting to leave you alone, being that good shepherd, being that, you know, that one who really, really, really restores and brings hope and reassurance. You think about all those things. For me, that's what comes out in my whole life of, of being there to support, especially when our children fall into real difficulty. Especially, I remember when my daughter got pregnant on the eve of leaving school, you know. We had to be there to be that um, kind of support, ensure that she wasn't left behind despite the fact that we were probably upset and you know and angry we learned what it is to be, be gentle provide her with the hope of a future for her to have her cxc's you know the centers that she could go to the women's center being there with her and and carrying her through and still helping with the grandson and everything and wanting her to have a very good career so you know just think about the image of the father that creator, God. Mm -hmm. It's important. Amen. Very, very important, you know. So you just really have to make sacrifice for your kids and them. And I mean, as he was saying, it might have things you might not like, but you have to be there for them no matter what. And um, I think um, you will make any sacrifice for them, you know. And oh, you would sometimes you'll get angry, but you know. I mean, as children, there's growing steps and we have to be there for each one of these steps, you know. Just be small at one time. Like, right now, my little daughter is just two months. I mean, two years and six months. And look how small she is now. And every day she hook up on daddy and um, she would get bigger just now. And, you know, it would change, you know. Mm -hmm. But I would always be here. And I know it have all kind of little challenge to come, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes... I'll never forget I always a father and um I like to go to church and pray plenty so you know I Amen. want my kids to be close to me and yeah and I would want to teach them respect so they show others respect too which is very important. Right. That's right. My gosh. I love mm -hmm. um, I, I I describe as as Arthur said, I I would describe also father as you know one who models God. Yes. Um, interestingly, yes. interestingly we, we, we describe mothers as caregivers, but a father is also a caregiver. Of course. Um, you know, yes. our society teaches that, you know, fathers are there to protect and to provide, but it, it's, it's really more than that. A father is really a, a caregiver. And I look, mm -hmm. I look at even my relationship with my son. My son actually spends more, more time with me than, than he spends with his mother during the week. Because I'm the one who picks him up from school. I'm the one who brings him to school. My mommy, because my my work ten, tends to be a lot. I'm very flexible, and so you know when when he's with me, I mean I have to be the one who gives care to him. Um, I have to make sure that the homework is done. I have to make sure that he's fed. I have to make sure that he, he you know he bathes, brushes his teeth. I have to sit and have conversations with him. I mean yes. that that's the and I you know. A father is really a caregiver. Just like our mom is a caregiver, the father is also a caregiver. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's an everyday thing, you know? Yeah, and it, it's an everyday thing. Yes. yes. It's something and, you can't get fed up or never get boring or, you know? Right. No matter, how, no matter how tired you come home, no matter what you have, when you come home, you have to study the kids and not yourself, you know? Right. No matter how hungry right. you might feel, they, yep. them are important, them first, before anything else. Yes. And, and you're the father who... Always, you feel their pain. Yes, true, 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 Andrew. When, when they fail, you feel it. You emphasize yeah. and everything. And cry, you know. Your children, yeah. My children see me cry. I, I, I cry openly, I cry at church. I cry openly. Even when I pray for them in, in, in at church, I don't think. Not ashamed for my children to see me cry and mm. those kind of things. So they see me cry, they see me laugh and have fun and. And, and good words of encouragement. They see all that side, and they see the side where daddy is upset. 
it breaks your heart <laughs> when you have to punish them. <laughs> yes, but they see the side when you're upset. I say you have to do it. That's I, right. I, I, yeah. I, I used to punish my children sometimes. I just say, don't slap. But I used to give them a two slap. I don't drop that out. Mm -hmm. I still give them. But my kind of slapping is that I would always tell them, they know what they would get a slap for. They know. Yes. And yes. therefore, when that time comes around, I don't run them down and send them for the belt. <laughs> when they go, that they go for the belt, I put them across the bed and hold them down, and I slap them two times on the bottom, a soft, soft ear at the bottom, and they cry. They cry. I don't beat them with anger or anything. I beat yeah. them and, and, right. and get them to understand why we do it. And they don't get it very regularly. Yes. But they don't get it regularly. You understand? No, because as father, you talk and talk more and things without hitting, you know, you tell them not to do that and, you know, without actually lashing, you know. So, Right. You as a father, what are some of your principles? What do you want your children to take away from your legacy? Wow. That's a... Loaded question. She's <laughs> <laughs> looking for a nutshell. <laughs> you, you know, for for me, um, and this this is something that that I I, I think about every day. Um, growing up, because of the things that I lacked in my life, um, I was driven driven to you know when I have a family, I want I want to provide all the things that I did not have. And presently, for me, that that that's not my that's not what drives me anymore. Um, what drives me is for me to be the example for Timothy that he grows up to be a man after God's own heart. That that is mo the most important thing for me. Everything else that's is second is secondary to that. I I want him to be somebody who is of integrity, somebody who is trustworthy, um, somebody who will stand up for what he believes in, somebody who will learn how to treat people fairly and to treat people equally. Um, th those are the things that are important to me. And I realize that if, if I want him to be those things, then I have to be those things for him. And so, you know, I am always very conscious of how I conduct my own life because, you know, one of the things I realize about having a son is that he models my behavior. Uh -huh. he, I, I, I am his hero. I, I mean, there is there is nobody to, to Timothy like his daddy. And everything that I do, he, he emulates that. And so I have to be very careful of what I do. I have to be careful of how I treat his mother. I have to be careful of how I treat other people because he models that kind of behavior. And so, you know, those my, 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 my driving principle is really for Timothy to be somebody who is pleasing to the Almighty God. That, that's what drives me. Yes. I totally agree with you, Paul. I want to endorse all that thought. Um, when my son was born to me, my son is now 27, going to be 28 December. Um, I had a deep desire, as I remember always reading the story about Samuel. And Samuel was dedicated back to God. Uh, Eli, you know, mm -hmm. he there with Eli. And therefore, I always have this image and I said, I would love my son. I would love to dedicate my son back to God. And therefore, I would make the sacrifice to always take him to church, uh, especially when the birthday comes for him to get those blessings and those kind of things. And then after a time, I said, to, I said, you know what, Lord, what greater gift I can, you know, give to my son and to give myself to you. Mm -hmm. And to lead by example. Sample, and yeah. therefore, the, the, my whole converted experience took place at that time. And I walked right into baptism. And from ever since I decided that I will be leading my children through examples of my own life. That's and right. therefore, moral, I seek to live a moral life. I seek not to be in, involved in brawls and contentions and those things. I seek to be forgiven and, and caring and being there and teaching myself to have a listening ear, you know, and those kind of things. And as I always said to my children, I always said to my children, I'm going to, I always said to my children, look, I'm sending you to school. I want you to have a 
good education, fair enough education. Not telling you that you have to go be a doctor, a lawyer, at the top of the line profession. I want for you to be somebody who is morally, you know, good and fear God and, you know, work towards, don't become a menace, a menace to society. That's right, that's right. Become, yeah, don't that's become right, yeah. even for your dropped out or anything. Whatever you do, do the, be the best you. Be the best you. Anything that you are, be the best you. Yeah, yeah the best you can, man. And therefore, it comes through my lived experience, through my own life. So, I, be, you know, I, 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 I seek them to model after me. And not just telling, but by living. Yes, that's why we have to be a perfect role model to them. So, um, they would grow up in a correct way and the right way so that they would not um, follow after we would do any wrong. That's why I don't like fighting or confronting neither. I love to be joyful. That's about me, you know. And um, I love to go to church with my kids. I always want them to be close to Jesus and know him more. You know, that's important for them, you know, so they would know ways right from wrong and must always have somebody that they could pay beside me, you know. And, um, yeah, basically, um, we all we always say is, you know, actually, is that what I want for my kids? You know, I don't want them to go down no bad path or anything. I always want them to be there and to come to me as a father so we could talk about anything, you know. And we must always have this father and son close relationship or daughter and father close relationship. They mustn't be afraid of me. So I want to be a perfect role model for them. You know, I want to see them grow up to be nice kids. I know they are nice kids. I, you know, I would never like to hear anything happen to anyone, you know. So that is why I would try my best and I will be careful what I do and what I see and, you know. Yeah, so. Wow, love it. We are, we <laughs> I have to invite these men again to my International Men's Day special in November. So guys, if you have one day to live, one week, one hour, a minute, or a second to live, what will be your final words to your children? That's, that's easy for me. <laughs> that's, that, no, I always say, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Same thing for me. Live yeah, and the same thing and all for me too. I would say the same thing to them and all too. <laughs> That's because all. that is important, nothing, yes. I would tell them. Yeah, nothing else to give. Mm, love it, love it. Just a reminder, folks, that this is a very special Father's Day episode brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment Ltd. In Trinidad and Tobago. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing, or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot, or graphic designing, need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy, or characters for the kids, want to do online or offline promotion, maybe both. Let's print your t shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1 That's 1 Now, the guest speaker. So you won't hear much of me for the next 10 minutes. My guest speaker today is Mr. Paul Blake. He is a very engaging, empowering, motivational speaker, author, father, husband, entrepreneur, everything in the whole works. And the topic he will be touching on is finishing strong. Am I right, Paul? That's right. <laughs> so the floor is yours, Paul. Take a listen to what Mr. Paul Blake has to say. All right. When it comes to being a great father to our children, it is really not how well we start that matters. It is how well we finish. It is how well we run this race of fatherhood. 
out of every 10 men, at least eight will fail. And it is not a matter of choice. Well, it's not a matter of default. It's a matter of the choices we make. So the real question comes down to where do you want to fit in the equation? Do you want to finish or do you want to fail? What kind of man do you want to be? What kind of men are we working to become? Because we are always in the process of working to become someone or something. Though it is not a guarantee, the man of God is in a better position to finish stronger than most men. Because we have a pattern and we have a standard to live by. A standard which guides us to make better decisions. A man who wants to finish strong has to be an exceptional man. A man who wants to finish strong has to be a rare gem. A man who wants to finish strong has to be a man after God's own heart. A man who wants to finish strong has to be a man who is teachable. That's one of the problems that we have in the world that we live in today, that there are many men, but not many men are teachable. Finishing strong will come down to a matter of choice. What choices do we make with our lives? We have to begin to make right choices at the earliest possible time in our lives. And when we make wrong choices, we have to understand that they also have very far-reaching consequences. I draw from my own life. <clears throat> I did not have, growing up, I did not have the best of relationship with my father. And because of the way my father chose to live his life, and even though at this present time, I'm 47 years old this year, and my father and I have a very good relationship, but growing up, we didn't have that kind of relationship. As my father made some grave mistakes in his younger life, and, you know, it caused a conflict between myself and him. And even to this day, I'm still trying to get over a lot of, a lot of those things. And I believe that even some of the choices my father made are, you know, enabled me to make some wrong choices in my own life as a young man. And so when we talk about finishing strong, we have to understand that the things of the past, you know, we can't keep going back to them and use them as excuses for the choices that we make today. I believe that in finishing strong, our best, our best foundation really comes from the Bible. In, you know, when, when I look at, look at the scriptures, I look at a man called David. David, who the Bible described as a man after God's own heart. But if you look at David's life, David made some very grave mistakes. He made some very poor choices in his life that had very, very far-reaching consequences. David's poor choices affected his family, not only for one generation, but actually affected his family for several generations. When we look at the Bible, we, speak, we look at David committing murder and adultery. And out of that situation, his son, his son died. His family was dysfunctional because of some of the choices that he made. We look at one of his sons raped his sister. And that son ended up killing, you know, killing his brother. I saw one of his sons led a rebellion against him. Solomon, who should have been a very wise king, but also made some very poor choices in his later years. Solomon's son, Rehoboam, you know, caused Israel to sin against God because of his poor choices. You know, these men should have had it all, but messed up because they failed to allow God to rule in their lives. So, one of the first things I would say is that, you know, if you want to finish strong as a man, you have to allow the Almighty God to rule in your life. To finish strong, you have to take the necessary steps to guard your life as a man. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 11, the Bible reminds us that we must put on the whole armor of God to completely protect ourselves. You know, many times we use this Bible passage, we use it only in the context of, of our Christian relationship with God. Tonight, I want to use it in the context of being a father. One of the things about being a good father is that we have to take steps to guard our lives because there are so many things that, that are out there to distract us from being good fathers. Um, there are so many things that are contending, you know, to get our attention, to take us away from our responsibility of being, of being a father. 
Um, Romans chapter 15 and verse 11 reminds us that, you know, all things that were written before time were written for our learning. And so a part of our finishing strong as, as men, as fathers, means that we have to learn to look at the examples of the past and not to repeat the mistakes that people made before us. You know, one of the things that, you know, I looked at my own father's life and I committed from very early and said, I would never ever make those mistakes that I saw my father make because I know the kind of consequences that they have and you know it affects other people and so I committed very early that I will you know do everything in my power to break that cycle of dysfunctionality that existed before then and I, I mean I am not there yet but I think that I am you know doing a fairly good job at this point and there's so much more to learn you know we should be willing to 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 set to not settle for just doing enough to get us by but rather to live our lives with the intention of experiencing all the fullness of life that that jesus promised us through us being parents as fathers we have an awesome responsibility to our children because we help to shape their lives as fathers we are the ones that are shaping the lives of the future generation and so the things that we do in our own lives here now will affect our children and the outcome and how they function uh, you know when we are when we have left this this earth as fathers we must know also that the devil is out to ambush our lives spiritually physically and in any any way he, he he possibly can he's out to ambush our lives and so you know going back to to again that that thought about putting on the whole arm of god to protect to protect ourselves you know, we have to learn, you know, as we navigate through life, we have to learn to remove some of the stuff from our lives that will cause us not to finish the way that God wants us to finish. You know, we know that as fathers, one of the main distractions that, that are out there is, is other women. You know, I experienced that in my own life with my father. And, you know, I promised myself that I would not repeat those, that, that kind of dysfunctional behavior. And so even as fathers today, we have to make the same kind of commitment, you know, if we do not take step to God our lives, you know, our lives will always be in constant danger. And, you know, when we mess up our lives, we have to understand that we, we lose our families, you know, we lose, we lose our children, we lose so much when time we break up our families by some of the choices that we make. Sometimes as men and as fathers, we keep repeating the mistakes of our grandfathers and our fathers because we have not taken the time out to God our lives. If we are going to, uh, if we are, if we're going to raise healthy daughters and sons for the future, then we have to begin to pay attention to the lives that we are living now. Uh, the best way to avoid this kind of spiritual ambush or dysfunctionality in our lives is to, and uh, you know, a little word that I use is the word "stay," and I, and it is in it is in bold print in what I'm looking at. Stay here means to refrain from doing those things which will cause us um, shipwreck. As a father, a godly man, stay in the scriptures. The first absolute requirement for finishing strong as a father is to stay in the word of God. As Joshua was reminded in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 and 9, when Joshua was about to take on the mantle of leading Israel, one of the things that God said to him is that he must stay in the law, stay in the word of Moses, stay close to the word of God. As men, we also have to learn that if we are going to be good fathers, we have to stay in the word of God. That is where we get our, our, our guide from. We have to stay close. And this, you know, close here means staying close to a friend. As men, you know, we need persons in our lives that we are accountable to. Stay close to someone who loves us enough to tell us when we are messing up. If our friends can't be honest to tell us when we are messing up, then they are, they, are not, they are not very good friends at all, right? Stay away. Stay away from any situation or person who, who will cause you not to finish the way that God wants you to finish. Stay away from persons who are going to cause you to compromise your relationship not with your family, your relationship with God. Um, stay alert. Stay alert to the tactics of the devil. The devil will do everything in his power, everything that he possibly can to ambush us. Though the devil seems friendly, he's up, he has absolutely no intention of remaining on friendly terms with, it, with anyone. As 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 reminds us that the devil is like a roaring lion, you know, going about seeking to devour who he will. So, you know, 
all of us as men, all of us as fathers, we can finish strong. We don't have to repeat the mistakes of the past. We don't have to do the things that our fathers did. We don't have to do the things that our grandfathers did. You know, we, we, there, there's a saying that we use in, 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 in the Caribbean, you know, a somestia, you know, No, not necessarily. You know, we can't keep making the same mistakes of the past. We can't keep going back, you know, when there's so much to, to look forward to. Our children, our sons, our daughters are depending on us as fathers to finish strong. They are depending on us to set the right examples. They are depending on us to show them the way. We live in a very dark world. And as fathers, we are the light of the world. We are also a part of God's light, showing the way, showing the way to righteousness, showing the way to our children that there is a better future. So I close by saying to us fathers, we can finish strong. Thank you very much. Well said, Mr. Paul Blake. There you have it. Before we go, gentlemen, would you like to say any final words, any shout outs to anybody out there in the world, your kids, your family, out to the people? Hmm. I would just like to say shout out to my um, two beautiful children, um, Anaya and Kiran, and my beautiful wife, Asha, and <clears throat> all the listeners that are listening. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Just keep believing in yourself, have faith, and begin to develop your trust and love you know, for others, for God, and for the precious life that God has given you. We are custodians, eh? and we are custodians, so we are taking care of you know, what God has given us. But let us ask the Lord to help us to be good stewards in all that we do. Somebody has shown us love. Some of us might have had difficulties along the way sometimes. Challenges with our own parents, you know. But as um, Paul reminds us, you know, as we look back at history, we seek not to, you know, reproduce. We seek not to go back to, you know, carry out the same act. But seek to make life better for the, for the next generation. That they too will make life better for their own generation. Oh, Paul? Yes, finish strong. Finish strong. Finish strong. You know, yes. We have an awesome responsibility, and you know, it, it, it is difficult but not impossible. Fathers, what can we say about fathers? They are the life of their children. Fathers are sweet. Fathers are there for their children and they also even find food for them to eat fathers are caring fathers are sharing fathers if you give trouble sometime they might be swearing but fathers are always there for you when you need them they even will help you later on in life when you are ready ready to choose a wife so don't forget your fathers give them a helping hand and they are the ones that will always understand i am yannick price special father's day greetings going out to my dad mr dave price going out to my brothers sheldon winston carly to all other fathers in this world, whether you're biological or a guardian, happy Father's Day to you all. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, my friends. Greeting from Tunisia, from your Tunisian friend, Radwan, more specifically from the island of Dreams, Jirba. I would like to send my praising words to my father, uh, greeting him and thanking him for, for all his help and support. Wishing you all the best. Thank you so much. Hi, Princess Theo. This is Atoya Thomas, and I am sending a happy and healthy Father's Day greetings to my biological father, Mr. Clive Thomas, who is now residing in Trenchtown, 
Second Street to be exact. That man is a very loving and caring father and I am so proud to be his first offspring. Thank you. Thank you, Dad, for believing in me. Thank you for taking my side through all the ups and downs of life and every bumpy ride. You just heard various messages from members of the listenership, people who listen to Culturama with Diva. They were celebrating their fathers on Father's Day, which happens to be today on Culturama with Diva. And, of course, you might also be wondering who it is you're hearing. You're hearing Sidney Thorpe. I'm Sidney Thorpe. I make sure that things go as best as they can on this program. And, of course, uh, I'm always behind the scenes, but I'm now out in front. Anyway, so much of that. You're now going to hear a special interview done by Diva as she interviews her father, Mr. Anthony A. Williams. Give a listen. So I'm here with my father, Mr. Anthony Williams. Hi, Daddy. How are you? I'm great tonight. Great. So, Daddy, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your boy days? What was it like as a child, your childhood days? Ah, my boy days. Well, I remember um, from the age of seven, a little younger, I was very close to my grandfather, Mr. Bertram Cook, Jamaican, but raised in England, London, England, who visited the courts of London and he would come back and tell me about court cases. And um, he would report the cases and I became very interested in you know, becoming a barrister because he was always talking about barrister, barrister, barrister in the courts and I was wondering who is this. Um, I also remember going to the supermarket from very early, you know, because my mother trained me how to, you know, make purchases and go to the supermarket. And I was the one who was always going to the supermarket to purchase the household. I was a very active kid. Um, I was a bright fellow, had a lot of friends. You are a lawyer by profession. Is it that law chose you or you chose law? I'm not sure. I would say I would credit my grandfather, Mr. Bertram Cook, for introducing me to who a barrister is. I didn't know anything about who this barrister is. And then I became interested in it and it just stuck with me. And ever since I was on the law. So that you are now married with three children. What is it like being a father of three children, particularly one who is visually challenged? Well, I'm very happy to be the father of three lovely girls. You are the first child, and um, it was very heartbreaking when we learned that you had a visual challenge and that you would not be able to see. We, 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 we didn't know how to take the news. We cried, we wept, we, we were in tears for hours, for days, for minutes, for months, for years. But somehow, we gradually grew in maturity, we gradually grew mentally and spiritually and physically and everything. And, you know, with passing time, you know, you also did, did very well. You grew well. The other girls are, you know, years apart. It's always good to have at least two children and certainly three is, is, is wonderful. Because parents need company at some point in their life. And um, parents really need, when parents go to work, they really don't work for themselves as such. They really work for a family, and family includes children. So we look forward to our later years, don't know what will come. Um, and we will have grandchildren, perhaps great-grandchildren, and our own children, you know, looking after us because there are several parents who have good homes, good income, good jobs, good employment, good benefits and perks, and they become old and there's no one to take care of them. So when you have children, one look forward to, you know, talking about your children, your children's high school days, their successes, their profession, their, their trade, 
So, Daddy, what are some of your values, morals, principles, your legacy? What do you want to leave behind? I would like my children to dream big, think big, accomplish big. But thinking big doesn't mean that you become selfish. So I like to see my children having good values. As I said, thinking big. I like to see my children become professionals in their own right, whatever profession. I like to see my children um, having good manners, good discipline. And I would like to see my children being very successful, successful in whatever they do. It doesn't have to be a career, but whatever they do, if it's in the church, they sit in a committee, they chair a committee, on the job, with their own family, with their own home, projects, whatever the case may be. I don't like to see my children being very kind, humble, and set an example for others. Now that the COVID-19 is around, although you bond with your children, do you think that you know, you have, you're able to bond more with them during this COVID? I think so to some extent could do more, but you know, COVID, has brought new changes, new challenges, new dimensions. It's a period that has caused a, a serious economic downturn in Jamaica, the Caribbean, and internationally. And because COVID has brought that downturn, as a father, as a breadwinner, or the sole breadwinner, I have to make sure that I devise ways and means of sustaining the business, sustaining the family and taking care of the office in terms of finances and so forth. So whilst COVID caused some serious disruptions in, 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 in restrictions in relation to physical movements, some persons are at home and I could have stayed a little bit more, yes, but the fact is there's work to be done. There, there are bills to be paid. Mm -hmm. and there's income to be earned. Um, but there comes a time when you have to spend some time. Have you done any divorce cases or family cases where the father isn't playing an important role in the child's life, no child support? I have done several cases where the father have not played a role. I've also done several cases where the fathers have played significant roles. I've done one case in particular, I won't call the name, but the father was fighting for the three children. And the mother was also equally fighting strongly with the father for the three children. So you do have fathers who love their children and want the children to be with them. And you do have mothers who also fight for their children. So, in a sense, I have had many cases where um, some fathers are just really worthless, totally worthless. <laughs> in a lot of the divorce cases, my clients, which is a female, would claim or instruct me to claim for maintenance for the children as well as maintenance for, the, for themselves because oftentimes they're either not living with the man, that is the husband, and even if they are not living with their husband, the fact is they may not be earning more income than their husband. And so they, they claim maintenance. So in a sense, there have been a lot of cases that I've done. Lots of cases, tons of cases. This year will be 29 years at the bar, 24th of October, 2020, 29 years practicing. So but, uh, I have a wealth of knowledge and experience with divorce cases and these custody cases. Well, Larry, thank you for your time. I just want to say thank you for being there for me. We have, we have been through lots of ups and downs, but we stay together as a team, Daddy, and I appreciate you. Happy Father's Day. Every day is Father's Day, and I love you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Daddy. So that brings us to the end of our Father's Day special on Culturama with Diva. And of course, we trust you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. And until next week, Sunday, when we shall have another equally interesting program, let me remind you, as Diva normally says, life is a journey. 
So, live good and love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good until next Sunday. <laughs>